0: Boom, everybody. That wasn't a very good one. Boom, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Great health is not to be a mission impossible. Uh, today's topic is going to be about function, um, living pain-free, trying to do all the things that we can to get that out of pain. Now, understand if you exercise too much, you might be sore. Uh, understand if you have an inflammatory arthropathy, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, uh, autoimmune joint, um there are some conditions that can can affect this, but we want to be as pain-free as possible. Now, I myself struggle with uh, currently about seven different diagnosed autoimmunities. I think I have maybe one or two. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, my story in going through this is um, even from the get-go, is as a child, allergic to literally everything. And when we have kids come into the office that are allergic to everything, we, we know they're 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 struggling and they're in pain. How can we quickly get them out of it? But it's not just getting them out of pain. It's about, okay, what's happening next? How do we get them to stay out of pain? When somebody comes in our office when they're in pain, and most of the time you're grumpy when you're in pain, so we, we, we understand. But when you come in grumpy, what can we do to get you out of pain so you're not so grumpy and I want to see who you are? That's what we want to do. And then there are days that we have what's called flares and things that, that are going through. And when do we we go back or we up whatever strategies that we're doing, uh, when's the best time to do exercise? When's the best time to um, do this? Is there particular foods that can affect me? Is there medications that can affect me? There are all these things that are going on. So um, you may have been taught that your body is a collection of biology, chemistry, electrical signals, genetic coding, um, and, and that we are different from everyone else. And that's true. Um, these are the things that, that go along. But there is this other thing called a will to survive. And we, we don't want to see ourselves as a powerless victim. We don't want to see ourselves as insignificant and just sitting there being a, a drain on everybody else. Because when people start to get to that point, their perspective of themselves and their life diminishes uh, their ability to respond. Well, if you're a parent and you're dealing with a, a hurt child or a sick kid that has eczema or diabetes or anything like that or worse, cancer, uh, you start to question yourself. Um, this is a big deal. So we really have to figure out who we are, and how we're thinking, what we're gonna, what we're gonna do about it. And sometimes education is there. Sometimes you have to have. Um, the, the way I see myself in the office is more of a coach. I'm coaching you. Hey, I need you to do this to get the goal that you're wanting. What's the goal that you want? Well, usually they tell me I want this to go away. I want this to be in remission. Um, and there are. You know, understand that 99% of the world's attorneys live in the United States, so there are certain things you can't say, like the word cure, but when somebody goes into remission they never seem to have it again, you're not cured, but you're living. And so our goal is to get you to live. And so what can you do, um, really, from a pain perspective, there are certain things you can do. Um, Journaling and what happened. I worked out and I'm in pain for three days. Okay, those are are things that would go to a coach. you can meditate and think about what's going on. You meditate and think what you want to have, what you want to feel like. These are these are big deals that really do, in the literature, the actual science that comes out, show that people can get better, faster, and they can stay there. So we we want, <laughs> I want that for you. I, and I hope that every doctor you see wants that for you. But there are, you know, when somebody comes around rock bottom, they're crying in pain, I, I really do feel for them. There were times in my life, multiple times in my life, um, whether it's an injury or an illness or um, this long-term joint disability that has really taken me back and, and looked at all the things that I'm doing. Hey, sometimes you know things that are healthy are not enough, or that I didn't know that you know there are certain types of, let's say, a non-chemical um, sweetener such as stevia. There are certain stevias that still do res- raise blood sugar, or. I had to go back and learn more physiology about myself, or that, um, you know, it's not just Dr. Google or when people come in the office. There are people who are on a very strict diet, just fat and protein, but their protein, their body turns it into sugar. And then we can run a test called glycosylated protein. And look at other things and we can see what's happening to their blood sugar when they're becoming insulin resistant, which all these things are, are what creates pain. So does stress, stress can be a big trigger. So does lack of sleep. That can be a big trigger or you can't, um, don't lose weight when you do that. I'm, um, one of those people. We're still searching for the perfect bed for me. I'll eventually find it. I do get to a point at, at, at any night that I can finally get comfortable and then I, I immediately fall asleep, um, but I try. If I try to go to bed at ten, sometimes I don't. I don't get to sleep till midnight or one because um, whatever I did that day. Sometimes biking or swimming or running or playing golf or playing with the kids or going for a walk. These things uh, load these joints that have bone spurs in me, and they just they don't want to comply. <laughs> and I, I'm I don't want to do that. But in the side effect of that, when you don't sleep, even though you may be eating and exercising and doing all the thing and watching your heart rate, which I do. Um, Sometimes you don't lose the fat around your midsection. And so for me, the limiting factor is sleep for weight loss, but that also holds on to brown fat that creates inflammation. So I'm doing other things on the back end, whether it's um, starting the morning with ketogenics and doing some high intensity stuff that increases the blood supply and forces my body to burn more fat over time. Um, and then while I still have that, I also do monitor my um, not only my cardiovascular markers, but I monitor my, my body fat. Um, it, it's kind of hard to look at yourself in the mirror. You, you really need to have a second set of eyes or somebody that, that's not living inside of your body. A lot of us see ourselves as where we were as an imprintation. anything around eight years old. Um, this is why we it's hard to break habits, especially if our parents had them. If they eat junk food, you probably had to eat junk food. Uh, or like, I don't want to become my parents, but that's the imprintation that you have. So what you saw yourself at eight years old, and most of us were thin, is what you see yourself now. And you have to understand that that's not who you are. <clears throat> that's, not, that's not the process anymore. So we want you to change your mind, manage your mind, manage your thoughts. And when something gets back to, I want to be skinny again. Stop that. You want to be healthy. You want to be healthy. And so monitoring body fat is one thing. Now at one point, extremely unhealthy, 4% body fat, but I can run fast, but I was tired. And then my brain goes, well, I could, I could manage 10 to 15. Yeah, but I'm still be tired (laughs) and I, I can't be tired in any office. I just can't. So that's why I have to, even though I may not sleep well, what do I do to make my brain work? It's for me, it's um, a lot of fat that goes into a coffee that has, um, other things in it that are brain fuel. So I'm working off of what's called ketones. So I'm technically in an, um, we'll call it a ketogenic state in a portion of intermittent fasting. Definitely on my work days. I don't eat breakfast on my work days. I drink fat. Um, and then I just function and that gets me through, I go seven, eight hours without eating. If I get up and have that in the morning, Uh, That said, that's not enough nutrients to support all the other things that I want to do or my exercise or workout or uh, going and doing these things here. So um, there are other days that I make sure that there's more nutrients that come in. And and supplement is part of it. There are some people just, that's all they want to do is supplement. They don't want to eat food. I don't think that's the way to go either, but it, it it is an option. So emotions can affect your pain. So if you're already in pain... It does make it worse. So you also get worry, frustration, anxiety, fear. Um, And these are considered negative emotions. But what they do at the cellular level is they make you worse. Other things that can make pain worse is resentment, criticism, whether it's you criticizing somebody else or being criticized, feeling of unworthiness, blame, feeling victimized, or always being the victim. These things... Are emotional and how they what they happen what happens physiologically so we can test this is that your brain starts to misfire and what's called the autonomic nervous system you have two sides of it one that allows you to have pee poop sex digestion immunity blood sugar blood supply that's called the our parasympathetic and then we have our fight or flight that's the sympathetic system so when you have these thoughts you start to become in a sympathetic state. The heart races. The body is inefficient. Hormones get released, such as when you have an emotion of fear, aggression, guilt, shame, suffering, unworthiness. It goes out, and it just perpetuates inflammation. Now, genes recognize this. In a period of stress, you start to release stress hormones. Stress hormones are inflammatory. They're trying to get as much energy that you possibly can to deal with this, but they're also not Caring about how you recover, they're trying to get you out of it. So, another thing, it you know, side effect is you start to gain some weight. Now, some people go to therapy, such as cognitive behavioral therapy, you get positive affirmations, you can use uh, emotional freedom technique, uh, tapping. Uh, in our office, we use EFT, acupuncture. Um, if I see somebody can handle it, we'll talk about yoga, meditation, and breathing. And some people have to do a lot more than others, or they have to have a way that they go, okay, stop, like maybe something comes up at work or at home that they can go somewhere and just breathe for a few minutes. And a lot of these breathing techniques are used at a higher level. CEOs use them. Our um, tier one, two, and three operators have been taught to breathe because under stress, such as let's say you jump out of a plane into a hostile environment, people start shooting at you, you're going to be in a fight or flight. But if you've ever had something really scare you or an event that came in and you sit down for a minute, you sit there and you shake. Can you imagine if you had to shoot at somebody uh, because you're in, in one of these operators and you, you hop into there and you are shaking? Are you going to be very accurate? No. Now there's going to be some level of that, but they teach them how to breathe under um, very uh, stressful situation. Now, there was a guy that you might know of, and one of his quotes is said, most persons are so absorbed in the compli- um, contemplation of the outside world that they're wholly oblivious to what's passing on within themselves. His name was Nikolai Tesla. You might have heard of that, um, at least the company. Uh, he was a very, very smart man, Um uh, that, that can go on it but we're, we're so worried with social media about what the world thinks of us that we're not working on us we're not working on ourselves and so what ends up happening is we nurture what's called self-criticism and it gets worse and worse and then we start to become shameful of what's going on i you know uh, I'm shameful for the disease i have i'm I'm shameful for a a, a child that has eczema I'm shameful for my parents who have uh, diabetes I'm shameful for you know uh you turn on the media, the color of your skin, you have to be shameful for it. Come on now. Um, we're, we're human. It doesn't matter. And what media tells us what to believe or uh, understand, it, it's not a, our gut feeling. We know that, that what's being pro- projected is wrong. And the, the thing is that more people are getting sicker and more people are feeling worse about themselves or their own thoughts or their own beliefs that they're not getting healthy. And... There are times throughout my practice I said, "Okay, I'm, I'm tired of all these people coming in. I'm going to shut things down. I'm just going to I'm just going to quit and ride at the run sunset and go do something else." And it has everything to do with trying to make sure I don't burn out. And and the burnout is that what a case was 25 years ago, and what a case is today. It's to me, it's impossible. It's impossible for a managed care person, let's say a cardiologist or a rheumatologist or even a chiropractor, or just an acupuncturist to evaluate a patient. Dietitian, nutrition, impossible. Why? Because there's so many things that are multifactorial. In our office today, 10 years ago, I didn't run a lot of environmental testing. Have to now. There's this glyphosate thing that is just, it's on even on all the organic food, and it does affect the hormones. There's hormone imbalances. I mean, you look at the world right now, and what um, birth rates are going, they're going down. There are, I mean, there's a lot of people who have fertility issues and glyphosate's environmental challenges are a big deal. What else? Blood sugar handling. We're all going to eventually be diabetic at some point if we don't stop listening to what we've been told to eat. There's not any science to it. It's political. It's financial for these companies to do that. I mean, if you you really want to improve the health of the United States, the vending machines have something that's healthy in them. And that's attainable. I mean, one of the ways I, I try to help my kids understand that junk food is really junk food is we go, okay, let's go buy some Doritos. And not a shout out to Doritos. I mean, I, with their six forms of MSG, I mean, they're delicious. I'll I will, I'll give them that. They definitely light up their brain to make you want more. And, and that's where a lot of these products are. I mean, part of... Being able to educate yourself is learning to read the label. What's on there? And they literally have six different forms of MSG. They they call the one out MSG, but there's other forms of hidden names. So they got a lot in there. Throw it on the ground. You'll see the ants walk all over it. You see grasshoppers hop on it. It uh, you know gnats will not even land on it. Flies don't care about it. Um, that's not food that's sustainable to them. And there's a lot of food that's out there that's not sustainable to them. Um, when, when you know. Somebody's at a restaurant and the, these uh, they're called grackles or the little, um then not killed deer, but some of the little birds, starlings that come by and there'll be food on the ground. What do they pick up? I, I sit and watch. I mean, if we're at a considered a healthy restaurant and there's food that gets dropped or we're outside and they're at, even in the tropics and there's a lot of food there, what do the birds go for? What sustains them? They're not going to, you know, once they've been there and they figure out they can get there, what are they going to eat? Um, so i I seen them just like, completely skipping the, um, not that he eat any of the bagels or pastries, but they're hopping over that and getting to the, to the, um, let's say the, the lettuce or the, the, the green stuff, or they're getting to the fruit sustainability. Um, at, at nature's level, they they don't, the, the cool thing about animals is as far as I know, they can't read. Um, and, and they're not subjected to, I mean, think about this. If, If all the billboards you pass as you go down the highway, which are food-related, stop here for food, pictures of food, are really um, a good idea to suggest that all um, animalia are reactive to it, then you'd have all these animals standing around those billboards and going, Hey, what's up? I'll take that hamburger, I'll take that fruit, or I'll take that shake, or whatever is going there. Um, But they don't. So they look for food that sustain them to the next meal, because they're not... You know, they're still in the hunting and gathering world. They don't cook or preserve or do anything. I know that a squirrel will will store its nuts. um, But that's for a a time where they can't get them. There's a difference for that. There are other foods that that people get into. And the the biggest ones that are out there are gluten, dairy, corn, soy, refined sugars. This is white sugar, artificial sweeteners, high fructose corn syrup, and things that have processed oil. such as canola, corn oil, safflower, sunflower, peanut oil. All these things are inflammatory. And the thing with gluten, more specifically, is you add gluten, it it desensitizes your insulin to sugar, as if you ate sugar itself. That's a problem. So people can be, oh, let's say it's a diabetic, and they're not um, eating sugar anymore, but they're still eating bread, which um, there's some sugar in that, and that's not, not for the day, but the gluten desensitizes their insulin. Well, then they have to crank up their insulin. Well, why does my insulin work? What, what's happening? I can't seem to get my insulin stable. It's, it's, a, it's a food that uh, we're not supposed to eat. If we get around it or are we able to refine it, it's supposed to be very little. But today we eat it as our staple. Look at kids' foods, what they go to. Uh, their, their pastries and their pancakes and their cereals and oatmeal these are just in the the basic insulin surges, which screw up hormones, which create inflammation, which then allows them to gain weight. A lot of kids are overweight. That's their starting meal. If they go to school and they're on school lunches, that's their starting meal. Then what do they get for lunch? They get some sort of breaded something, whether it's chicken nuggets or a hamburger or a pasta. And vegetables are not really included anymore at the school lunch level but there might be fries or mashed potatoes what we got carbs 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 what's going to happen to these kids insulin surges that come along well are they going to have more pain than you did as a kid yeah they're there well what if that's how you eat you're going to have more pain than the other person who does not um then there's also detoxifying your environment there are i mean literally toxins everywhere but how do you deal with it I mean, toxins can come something you may not know of, like a 5G, because it does affect the nervous system, or the other stuff, food and cleaning products, exposures to toxins um, in the air, uh, flame retardants that you have in your couches or maybe in your sheets or in your bed. Um, we try to, to, to do best we can to make sure everything we have is hardwood, hardwood floors, not having carpets um, in there, but these are these are very good things to reduce your chemical toxin load and, and understand um, what you're putting as a cleaning agent. So we, we try to stay away from what's called the Dirty Dozen um, for foods. You can go look that up. Uh, there's an app that that we have for cosmetics and cleaning products. It's called thinkdirtyapp.com. Cool little thing. So I can make sure that I'm not getting, you know, whether it says natural on it or not. I, I don't want something that's that's poisoned because, you know, in reality, cocaine is... Um, natural but it's poisonous it affects the body in the wrong way and then of course doing the best that we can to get sleep so i make sure i get sun every day and that keeps things going if i don't get sun my my clock is off um and then i make sure that um when i time my meal what time i eat uh, when do I fast? What days do I fast? Uh, what kind of exercise did I get? What time do I exercise? There's, if I exercise past 8 o'clock at night, good luck sleeping for me. I don't. It, it, it just doesn't happen. So I have to make sure these things happen uh, before that. Same with eating. But th- these are things to be aware of. I'm only bringing them up because I failed in every single one of these. I failed. I found out this didn't work. I failed. Okay, now I have to do this. So now we start to have these routines and it it starts to be better now. For me and quite a few of my patients, when there's a full moon, eh, sleep ain't going to be that good. It, but what am I going to do about a full moon? Can't go blow up the moon. Um, try to make it as dark as possible, but there's something, whether it's magnetic pull in the moon or whatever. Um, I've, I've never grown in here. I've never got up and howled at the moon. I just know that full moon nights means not quality sleep. But before that happens, I try to make sure, understand when it's coming... Uh, making sure that I, I get a little extra rest the nights before, get a little extra rest the nights after. Um, and that's just one option to deal with it. So let's talk about the anatomy and physiology of pain. Because we in our office, we, we, we talk about something called a root cause. What's the root cause of pain? Well, pain is the brain. The brain, pain, brain has to feel it. And again, we have two different parts of our nervous system, one that's a fight or flight and one that does everything else. And our nervous system releases, by way of what it feels, neurotransmitters, which then tell glands to secrete hormones, which then tell organs um, to function or fire. And they all intersect in the nervous system. So when somebody has an organ dysfunction, it's like kidney disease. It's a nervous system. Somebody has a hormone issue, it's a nervous system. Somebody has uh, anxiety, depression, it's a nervous system. But you also have to have the food in the nervous system. We have to make sure your blood sugar is fine. We have to make sure that you can think and, and move. And, and what's your pain pattern that comes along with it? Are you in a fight or flight? What's your heart rate? What's your oxygen? If these things aren't there. If you have an anemia, you're not going to heal as fast. You're going to have more pain. Um, and when you're in a fight or flight, generally speaking, your muscles are tense. Um All right, so let's go continue through there. So let's say you are cooking on a stove. And if you've ever touched or just got close to it, your body reaction, you jerked away before you ever said, ow. That's going to the spinal cord, that's a reflex. But the ow point went up to your brain and said, oh, ow. So the detection and identification of ouch is called nociception. Nociception is carried out by specific nerve endings that's in your skin, joints, bone, around your organs, and your muscles. And nociception is the identification, what these receptors are in these um, tissues is called nociceptors. In your central nervous system, like in your spinal cord, and there is no nociception or nociceptors. Um, now, when you have nociceptors stimulated, such as touching a hot stove, immediately the tissue around it can release histamine. They can release globulin. They can release arachidonic acid. These are all inflammatory. And they're telling the brain, something's wrong. The brain says, I recognize that as pain. And let's see what we can do about that. So pain is a good thing until it becomes chronic. So there's a difference between chronic and acute pain. Chronic pain is different from acute pain because acute injury, it means that you ouch and then it healed and it no longer causes pain. So if you've ever stubbed your toe, it's pretty dead gum and acute, but usually, in a, hopefully in less than an hour, it's all gone. But about 30% of Americans suffer from chronic pain. And chronic pain is defined as something that's been along for more than three months. And it's no longer considered like you have joint issues. It's actually pain within the central nervous system. And this is where people can be in pain and you can't find anything wrong with them. Like physically, like you run an MRI or CT. Um, But they know they don't feel the same. It's because their body's releasing histamine, globulin, arachidonic acid, nitric oxide, immune cytokines, and, and all of these things are, are things we can we can test now. Sometimes chronic pain is a traumatic injury or traumatic brain injury, or the death of, of a loved one or a divorce. These are big deals. Now you can get into other issues: prolonged infections, chronic fatigue syndrome, diabetes, endometriosis, autoimmunity, uh, funky genetics when they're making inflammatory compounds, or you know you can have a combination of all these, of course. But this is where chronic pain comes, and this is where. The medical model, or going to a medical doctor, fails because there's so many other options that go along through there. They're limited, especially in the insurance world. Anybody taking insurance is limited to what the insurance company will let them test for, and that sucks, especially for chronic fatigue and chronic pain and anything that's chronicity. They're only limited. They're limited to their field. They're limited to what the insurance tells them they can test. That doesn't mean they can't go. That means they can't go look at other potential options such as talking to you about a traumatic injury or your family history or things that you've gone through. These are big deals. Now, gender differences, more women do have more pain than men. There's a reason why. Women have more hormone surges as they develop Um, They have higher uh, amounts of estrogen and progesterone, which has an effect on nociception, their pain. Um, This has been widely studied, it's out in the research. And this is why when women typically get into a cycle, they start to have pain accompanied with it. So when we're looking at somebody that's having uh, menstrual pain, cyclic pain, or even mid-cycle pain, they have chronic inflammation. So we have to go figure out why. Another study showed that women have twice the density of nerve fibers compared to men. Well, that means you can feel twice as much pain. So, sorry guys, um, <laughs> women are tougher than us. That's that's just that that's just it. So they can they can feel more pain. So when a woman says she's hurting, and if you're a guy listening out there, and you have a woman in your life that you care for, listen, listen, she's telling you something. She has twice the amount of pain now. If she's a woman who is an athlete, she already put herself in pain all the time. That's part of working out to try to get better. And when a woman athlete says she's in pain, um, what a man might say is a 10, she might say it's a three or four. Well, uh, when we're going into a hospital, they have all these little smiley faces. How do you feel today? What's your pain? They're not taking this gender and difference uh, into consideration. Everybody gets the, what's called the ouchy scale. Uh, smiley face or frowny face, where you're at on this scale of 1 to 10. Uh, we need to take history, if somebody's an athlete, we need to take history, um, male or female. We need to take history, any other events that, that led them to be in the hospital, into account. Because somebody saying that they're, you know, um, an 8 isn't really clinical to a different person who has an 8. Now, chronic pain, we have to deal with, again, going back to mindful it's mindfulness-based stress reduction, and so it's being aware of where your body is. It's being aware of pain. These these things were really really good. Um, and, and one of them that's out there, this mindfulness uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction, is created by um, Dr. John. at combat Zen. It's it's just understanding what's moving and what's what's working through there, and they were kind enough as far as some of his pupils he's been doing this for a long time like 50 years 40 years there we go 40 years so you can release or reduce inflammatory chemicals in your body by doing this some people were were kind enough to let people um, run blood tests on them so twenty-five thousand people in this um, program that have had benefits so understanding that and there's other ways to retrain the brain so, neural retraining systems that are out there. Uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation. We can do exercise, we can do educational games. Uh, we can do what's called a CES. Uh, we can do microcurrent. These are things that we do in the office. We can do acupuncture, we can do acu-laser. Um, we can do what's called 3B laser. And these are all things you can get your hands on uh, to retrain the brain. Uh, we wanna, and red light therapy, I have a whole podcast on that too that all helps uh, to retrain the brain. Hey, guess what you can do um, other than exercise? You can get into a a warm water pool and do exercise, especially if you have a lot of pain. You can do a low intensity aerobic exercise. You can do Tai Chi. You can even do yoga. Those also retrain the brain and they start to reduce the amount of inflammation that you have in your body. Uh, Dietarily, calorie restriction. And, And one of the things we do is high fat, Low, low, low carbohydrate and then intermittent fasting so we start to go into a we're heating healthy fats healthy fats is anti-inflammatory bad fats is inflammatory sugar is by nature inflammatory uh, grass fed grass finished meat not inflammatory things that are fed soy such as farm-raised fish of any type um, or chicken that are raised inside of a kennel or a, a, a chicken coop they're not allowed to go on and any or animals that are fed corn or grain, those are inflammatory foods. So we get away from these particular foods. When we have caloric restric- restriction first, ideally understand that like most meals served at a restaurant can feed two people. That's the amount of calories there. So the first thing we try to do is just eat three-fourths of that or split it with somebody. And that's a starting point. Um, and then we start to focus on nutrient dense food. What, what kind of meat are you getting Are or, or the, you know, there's a difference between iceberg lettuce and, um, organic spinach. There's a lot of cal, not calorie difference, but there's a lot of nutrients difference. And then we, we try to start getting them to, you know, 7 PM at night. Don't eat. You're not eating anymore. You can have water. Um, but you're not gonna eat till seven o'clock in the morning. So these are just little things that start to decrease inflammation. Once you get over 50, and you start to lose muscle mass. We don't do it as much. Um, Again, to make sure that you can't have muscle wasting that goes along with it. So, if you're if you're above fifty, to listen to this. You really need to be working with a doctor to get that. But caloric reduction as a generality, because there are people in the eighteen to fifty year old that th- they need to work with a doctor too. Um, sometimes hypnosis works. Uh, I'm not a hypnotist. Uh, I've seen it. Uh, I witnessed people, or even uh, doing through their own mind, would call mantra. I'm, you know, back in the day, it was, I was. I laughed in the '90s at uh, Saturday Night Live. There was a guy by the name of his, um, Stuart I think you believe Smalley, uh, the character, and he would look in the mirror and positive affirmations. I think it was suicide. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and damn it, people like me. I laughed at it. I, I did. But the reality is the people that do that, they really do thrive. So there is some, there's some there's thing that, I mean, we look at billionaires along the world and CEOs of Fortune 100 companies. They do this stuff. They thrive uh, to get there. Something else you can do is music therapy. Um, you know, if you're listening, I guess, angry metal, angry rap, it's it's probably not going to help. but there, there are actual tones that go out there, whole tones. Uh, particular types of um, classical music, uh, things that get your brain to happy. Um, so, you know, whether you're listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire, or I guess hip hop or music, if, if it's a music that you love, it helps address chronic pain. That said, if it's a music that you love and it's, it's saying things about hurting people or being angry, uh, keep in mind or, or being resentful about whatever populations or or yourself it's it's not going to help whether you like it or not <laughs> so there's that one of the biggest things for chronic pain is is hands down acupuncture so that's what we do it in our office we do it for two reasons people have pain but the other thing is it does such a good job at increasing blood supply and getting blood to the blood just blood blood to the organs so the organs start to heal and we when we do it in our office we have what's called an acupraph so we can figure out exactly what the right um point to stimulate is then we put you on an infrared sauna pad so that we can increase the blood supply so that the energy that's being transferred from too much to too little is going as fast as it can and then we connect these particular tubes to them um... It, it's it's uh, I, I i we use it not because we can we do is it because it's the best option for many of our patients and so when somebody comes in our office um, we have to decide, you know, what what's our, our best way to get out of pain. Dietary is going to be one thing. And, and if they're exercising doing other things, this, this is our, our bridge to get there. And if they're not doing that, sometimes I have to get that to get them to exercise because they're in so much pain. And sometimes people are in a fight or flight, their life, their stress, their kids, their, um, their job, or they keep getting on social media. We have, to, we have to help them to calm it down. And most people in our office, like 95% of people fall asleep during acupuncture because it's relaxing the body and they're finally getting a chance for their brain to calm down, which means I'm helping those nociceptive pathways to be better. Big deal. Um, sometimes we use what's called sacro-occipital technique, uh, which is a, a cranial sacral technique is an offshoot of what's like an eight-year program of SOT. Um In our office, we like to fix muscles and we like to make sure the blood supply is there. And sometimes the blood supply, uh, especially movement through the cerebral spinal fluid and the nervous system is is pelvic related and cranial related. Um, And then we fix muscles to make sure that the the joint itself can move because if it moves, it gets blood. If it doesn't move, it gets stagnant which you could be call that a, a Chinese term, but it's stagnation, means that the joint says in blood, and then it gives inflammation, and then inflammation equals pain, and then the pain means more swelling, and then it just this continual thing, and then you eventually have deterioration. Um, I'm not against Tai Chi. I'm not against yoga. I I, if, um, I, I, I have done some Tai Chi. I, I'm, I'm, I more do the worst form of yoga you can possibly imagine. Uh, the flexibility in my body is... Uh, as has always been. I mean, even like in grade school, everybody has like this pres- presidential fitness thing. And you can, uh, how many push-ups can you do in a minute? How many sit-ups can you do in a minute? And um, even in my school, nobody's within like 20 <laughs> of what I can do. Push-up, sit-ups, climb a rope, do this. Um and then the next thing is, well, you need to sit down. Well reach how far you can touch. Try to get to your toes or get beyond your toes and I'd be at my knees. <laughs> yeah, hey, great. I touched my knees or my shin. Yeah, great. Fail. Um so then I wasn't within like five inches of the next person there. So um while well, I did pass the presidential fitness because it's on a curve, um, uh, and that the other things were so good. Uh flexibility has not been there and um I do work on it and um I go through cycles. So what I mean by cycles, like for 12 weeks um, a year, it's just um, weight training. But I will do in that weight training some high-intensity movement to get the heart rate up. And I do watch my heart rate to make sure I'm doing it. Then for 12 weeks, I'm doing something like um, riding on a Peloton plus weight training that we did before, but the weight training is different now. Instead of, like, let's say a bench press. It's it's not really what I do, bench press. I will be doing a um, row, but instead of standing on two feet, now I'm bent over and I'm balancing on one foot less weight. So now I'm working a whole body. So I'm doing body plus cardiovascular. Then the next 12 weeks, I do um, no weights, but I just do yoga, Plus, um, my cardiovascular. Whether it's in a pool, I mean, there's time of season too. So I have to try. I time these, you know, with the seasons. It's, it's easier to be inside riding an inside bike during the winter. And it's easier to be outside in a pool doing pool exercises during the summer. And that that's just my rotation as it goes through there. So then, the the next four weeks will be. Um, one day a week, I do a full body weight thing. That's it, just to maintain some of the muscle strength. And the rest of the time, i am um, it's a combination, like two days of yoga, one day of swim, two days of, of, of cycle. That's what I've found to keep my joints lubricated enough that they don't get worse. Because really, they've all fused together. That's not a good thing. And so... <sighs> I get tired or if I don't sleep, I watch my heart rate and I go, okay, I'm not going to do the intense workout today. I'll flip it around to do something else so that I can function. Now, nutrition lines, vitamin D, very big for chronic inflammation, chronic pain. And then there's an anti-inflammatory foods. There's the autoimmune paleo diet. Um, there's the paleo diet, there's even intermittent fasting, and there's people who have to stay away from nightshades or people who have to stay with even carbohydrates and fats. What if you have gar- what if you have a gallbladder issue? We have to be very careful about that, about what's going on. And then, even in, um, in our office, we have um, inflammable blocks, we have essential fatty acids, and we have um, turmeric with vitamin D. And sometimes, when somebody has a lot of inflammation, we have to give all of them, I, ideally one or two, but that's what's on our website at choosenewleaf.com to help people with inflammation. If you want to do it yourself, totally fine. Um, if you um, have an interest in becoming a patient of ours, go to choosenewleaf.com. Uh, give us a call or get on our website and, and, and see uh, how to become one so that we can help you get out of pain and manage it. I know you have a lot of podcasts you can list, to I appreciate you listening to ours. If you um, would like to share us, I appreciate it. I'll keep these going as long as we keep having people listen to them. I'm Dr. Alan Treitz. Great health does not have to be a mission impossible.
1: Be well. This podcast, Great Health Does Not Have to Be a Mission Impossible, provides you information about evidence-based strategies for Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, gut health problems, digestion, autoimmune disease, brain health issues, and many other chronic health conditions. If you enjoy this podcast, You can find more information on today's episode, Nutrition, Dr. Trite's blog, and many other topics at choosenewleaf.com. There you'll have all the information and thank you for listening to this podcast. The best thing to do is sign up for his newsletter where he'll update you on the latest research and clinical strategies related to chronic and autoimmune health conditions. You can find Dr. Trite's social media on Instagram and Facebook with the username New Leaf Health. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. Note, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and materials linked to the podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions.